Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. So glad to have everybody back after our independence anniversary holidays. Remember, the 2nd of July is actually our Independence Day, and the 4th of July is the day that we... Uh, celebrate the anniversary of our Declaration of Independence. I am glad to be back on the air with you guys. JC and I took some time off last week. We went to Dallas. Many of you know we were in Dallas last week, had some uh, great meetings with some great friends, did some business while we were there in uh, Texas and now we are back in Florida. Woohoo! Who do we have in? I, I love being live because then I can look at you guys and see you in the chat rooms. In our chat room, I'm going to move this over here because JC's not over here with me today. So I'm going to move this. Ah, microphone slipping around. All right, here we go. All right, who do we have in the chat room today? Dallas County, Texas. We were just there. Uh, Indiana's present, South Haven, Mississippi. Uh, East Tennessee, Bonnet Lake, Washington, Middletown, New York, Vero Beach, Florida, Maryland, Utah, California. Look at all these people. Idaho, Rhode Island, Washington. All right. Who do we have in our Facebook chat room today? Let's see. We have Oregon City is in the house. There you go. Uh, California, Idaho, Montana, Washington, Great. Pittsburgh. I miss Pittsburgh. Sorry, Eric. Didn't mean to miss skip over there. You in Pittsburgh. We got Suffolk County in Michael. Is that Suffolk County, Virginia? Look at you guys. El Ellensburg, Washington. Man, I just love having you guys in the house. I do want to take a minute to say to everybody, we so appreciate all the support that you give us, the super chats that come in through YouTube, the donations that come in through chrisannhall.com, the way that you support us through uh, our radio program, Impact 2020. Okay, listening audience, Impact become a member of the Chris Ann Hall Show support no, team by texting numbers, Impact 2020 to 337. And I just wanted to say thank you because sometimes... Sometimes when we're not actually live, JC and I are able to do uh, shows for you that are run live on YouTube. They run live on Facebook. They run live on Twitter, but they, they were previously recorded. And when that happens, we don't get to interact with you guys the way we do when we're live. And sometimes we missed, miss being able to say thank you. And so I just want to say a big thank you to everybody, to all of you who support us. We could not do this without you. This is a full-time job, guys, and I just, I can't tell you how crazy things have been. You know, we went to Dallas and we met with some friends, but it was for three days, and I think that I need like a week or something. <laughs> just craziness. Craziness today. Well, we're missing J.C., and uh, hopefully, JC, you'll be back in, uh, tomorrow, maybe day after. But remember, uh, we do love having you with us. I have, I wanted to start off today with a special video um, from Twitter. And why this video on Twitter is uh, important to me is because we have coming up our In Defense of Liberty training with uh, Larry Stevenson, the bearded black cowboy. And I was watching this video on Twitter, and what was amazing is that everything, everything that happened in this video is something that we learn through Larry in our In Defense of Liberty training. This is not just Constitution training. This is hand-to-hand self-defense. This is, this is not just shooting at targets. This is real-world shooter defense. So you learn how to protect yourself on the street. You learn how to protect yourself. You learn basic techniques of situational awareness and, and body and weapons protection. And I saw this video, and I thought to myself, what a great way 
to show people what we actually learn in the uh in the in the classes i i don't have videos from them because i'm in there you know i'm in there doing that we don't have videos from that so let me go ahead and without further ado i want to show you this twitter video now for those of you who are listening through the podcast i'll do a little bit to try to describe to you what's happening but this is a visual aid so do be aware that this is a visual aid it lasts one minute and 33 seconds so if you're listening go to youtube to the Christian hall youtube channel and uh watch it or go to facebook or whatever so here we go now what we have i'm gonna go ahead i think and dim this sound a little bit because you don't really need the sound it's just the video and the sound is really really loud but what you have are a man and a woman who are obviously together we don't know if they're husband or wife but they're standing there they're standing at a monument and two members of black lives matter as as it's being reported uh, come up behind them to harass them for being at the monument. Now, I am not talking about the veracity of this video. So don't come on here and say, this is fake news. It's not Black Lives Matter. It's not. Listen to me. This is not about who are the actors. It's about what is happening and how the people react to this situation of danger. And we've seen the Black Lives uh, Matters rioters and looters and, and criminals and, and the Antifa criminals uh, trying to attack people. I'm just trying to tell you, you don't have to be a victim. And I don't care if you're a man, a woman, or a child. At In Defense of Liberty, we teach everybody. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you a couple videos from Larry's uh Larry's the bearded black cowboys IG channel so you can see those where but you can get to the in defense of liberty training by going to chrisannhall.com okay so here we go going to go to the video now watch what happens there we go i'm sorry my bad all right so there you go you got a little bonus for your educational dollar <laughs> see this is what happens when when uh JC's not with me. Now watch. Again, I already told you what happens. She's keeping it a one-on-one -on -one fight. Look at her. She's running her mouth. She's distracting him. Now he's got one down. He's swinging. It's still one-on-one. -on -one. Now two more guys are going to run up here. Okay? Two more guys are going to run up here. These people were just at a monument, minding their own business. Now look, she's keeping it a one-on-one -on -one fight. Learn to work with your partner. Now, what happens? Watch this. Watch this roll. Watch this roll. Oh, maybe he's going to take this guy out first. Yeah. Okay, so now see her run over in the corner there. She runs over to keep it a one-on-one -on -one fight. You got to know you can trust your partner, right? Now, watch this roll. Watch this roll. Boom. Over the top. Up. You will learn how to do that. That's not just something that you naturally do, people. You have to learn how to do that. And at Larry's class, you're going to do that. See, one-on-one -on -one fight. She's keeping it that way. Learn to trust your partner. This is, this is what you learn at uh, Larry's In Defense of Liberty training. I really apologize, guys, for making you uh, listen to me once and then showing it <laughs> once but there you go just a reminder in defense of liberty september 4th through 7th 2020 we are already selling spaces we have very few spaces left so well we have i think we have like half our spaces left so the closer we get to september the closer the harder it's going to be to find a slot now let me show you larry's pictures here i want you to see this this is some really amazing stuff um, let me pull up. I thought I had it all set up for you, but here we go. <laughs> all right, there we go. Yep, I have it. All right. IG. This is, we, this year we'll be adding knife throwing class. Okay. 
Larry has started knife throwing. This year we're going to do a section on knife throwing. Here's Larry teaching the young people. Now my son has already been taught some knife throwing skills by Larry, and it's absolutely amazing what he can do. Watch this video, right? Don't tell me that you aren't physically fit enough to learn how to defend yourself. Watch this. Good thing Larry's wearing that, that motorcycle helmet because she is slapping the mess out of him. Now I want to show you this other video. What happens if you find yourself, ladies, on the ground, okay? What happens if you find yourself on the ground and a man much bigger than you, maybe much younger than you, much stronger than you, comes at you? I want you to see this. By the way, this is not an indecent video. You do not see her her body, you see her belly band, okay? She's concealed carrying, and watch this. Ready? Larry will tell you this is called ilavanca, which is Portuguese for leverage. You will learn the technique of this leverage that will never allow another person to come in front of you. Now watch. Boom! Now wait. Now she's going to stay on her back. Look at this. Learn this technique. There she goes. Learn how to spin like that. This is absolute messy. There you go. Do you see that? This is in defense of liberty training. You will practice, you will train with your firearms, ladies and gentlemen and young people. If you don't have a firearm, we have plenty for you to borrow and train with. Uh, we will be also on the range doing some really unconventional. I have some pictures. I don't have any videos of the unconventional uh, firearms training, but let me show you. This is our uh, a friend of ours. This is Yana Pauls. This is part of what we do. We learn. You see how she was on the ground in the previous video, now she's on the ground and she will be shooting from the ground after falling on the ground with targets. Why am I spending so much time on this? Because these are the times that try men's souls, people. These are the times that try men's souls. And you can be a victim or you can be the one in power. And you don't have to be the one who is the victim. You don't have to be the one who is not in charge. And that's what we will teach you here at In Defense of Liberty Training. This is not just martial arts. This is not just gun training. This is not just uh, slapping people wearing motorcycle helmets. This is learning the most complete and total real-world shooting life changing self-defense in just a matter of three days just a matter of three days well let's get to the headliner today the headliner at hand uh let me let me check the chat room make sure i haven't missed anything back there i know you guys are like i can't see the video i didn't share it there it is. There it is. <laughs> Just making sure I'm checking. Everything's taken care of here. So what we have going on now, and this is in the headlines. You're seeing it everywhere. Uh, let me pull up that those headlines. I forgot to pull that one up. And I'll pull it up here for you really quick. I wanted to show you. Uh, I, where is it? The USA Today. Why didn't it pull up the USA Today article? Every time I pull it up, it says, okay. All right. Now, this is, oh, full web here. There we go. Supreme Court rules. Everybody goes boo and hiss, right? Supreme Court rules. Boo, hiss. That. Rules, presidential electors can be forced to uphold popular vote. Now, what they're not telling you is, number one, they leave out that word national popular vote. I believe they do that on purpose because they don't want it to get around that it's not about your state's popular vote. 
it's about national popular vote. And so what I want to do, just as we always do here, we're not going to read the news article because the news article is trash. It's going to give you sensationalism. It's not going to give you truth. It's only going to give you what it, what it wants to give you. I'm going to give you the Supreme Court opinion itself right here. Uh, it, the opinion came out today, and it has to do with the Electoral College. Now, constitutionally speaking, we're dealing with Article 1, Section 2, I mean, Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2 and 3 of the Constitution, okay? So Article 1, or excuse me, Article 2, Section 1, Clauses 2 and 3. Each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors equal to the whole number of senators and representatives to which the state may be entitled in Congress. And so it's interesting because the majority opinion all hinges on this word manner. And they say because Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2 says that each state shall appoint in such manner that the states then can tell the electors of the Electoral College how to vote. Now, that's a really, really huge stretch, okay? So what you have was, uh, you know, just recently we had a bunch of people flipping their gourds because Gorsuch said that sex included sexual orientation in the Civil Rights Act, which if you understand how original intent works, Gorsuch was following the original intent of the Civil Rights Act. This, taking this word manner and using it to say not only that the state shall appoint uh, in such a manner as the legislature there may direct, uh, may thereof direct the number of electors, okay? That this word manner also means that they can tell them how to vote. Now, you're going to ask me, Chrisanne, why are you telling us that the Supreme Court did it wrong when it was a unanimous decision, which means you're saying that that everybody got it wrong? No, what I'm telling you is that the Supreme Court got it right, but five of them got it right for the well, let me put it this way. Seven, seven of them got it right for the wrong reasons, okay? So the Supreme Court was correct in saying that the states have the authority to tell their electors how to vote, that the states have the authority on how to choose electors. They're absolutely correct in issuing that opinion. Not because of Article 2, Section 1, Clauses 2 and 3, but because of the Tenth Amendment. The Tenth Amendment, the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it, by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or, or to the people. The powers not delegated through the Constitution are reserved to the states and to the people. Now, the Constitution establishes that it is the states that will create their electoral college. Okay? It is the states who will select their electoral college. And then it is silent on the rest. So the reason Article 2, Section 1, Clauses 2 and 3 exist is so that the federal government does not dictate the electoral college. I'll just say that one more time. Article 2, Section 1, Clauses 2 and 3 exists so that the federal government will not dictate the Electoral College. And because the Constitution is silent on everything else with the Electoral College, silent because 
It is the state's authority to establish the Electoral College silent because it's not an authority delegated to the federal government. The silence means then because it's silent, it is a power reserved to the states. Now, we need to understand that the Electoral College is there for a reason. And the reason that we have this problem with the national popular vote is because people do not understand why the Electoral College exists, primarily because we have failed to teach the purpose of the President of the United States. You see, the Electoral College is how the President of the United States is selected, not by popular vote, but by selection through the Electoral College. And part of the problem that we have is our complete lack of understanding in general, obviously not you because you're here and you know you understand the Constitution, but the people out there who are advocating, and there are growing numbers of people advocating for this national popular vote. The reason that they're advocating for this is because they don't know what the president's job is. The president's job is is articulated in Article 2 of the Constitution. Article 2 of the Constitution tells us what the president is empowered to do. And if it is not listed as being empowered through Article 2, then it's not the authority of the president. First and foremost, we must understand that the purpose of the president is not to be a representative of the people. This is the greatest error that goes with the the national popular vote principle. Now, let me just show you. I have an article at chrisannhall.com. There we are, chrisannhall.com, called Disenfranchising the Voters, Destroying the Electoral College. If you want a transcript of this, this what I'm about to teach you right now, it's, it's right here on the website, chrisannhall.com, and I give you the Article 2, Section 1, Clauses 2 and 3, and I explain to you the role of the president and all of, and, and all of the, that you need to know. So the role of the president is not to be the representative, the leader of the American people. You have a House of Representatives that acts as a representative of the people. You have a Senate that acts as a representative of your state. Supposed to be. That's by design. The president, however, is not a representative of the people. The president is a representative of the union in foreign affairs. And the Electoral College was created so that the people of the state choose the candidate for president that best fits their principles and their ideologies. So the purpose of the Electoral College is to allow the people of the state to, through popular vote within their district, right, the Electoral College is supposed to be distributed through district, And then the people of the district do the popular vote, which influences the electoral college voter, the electorate, to then choose the presidential candidate that best matches their district. The electoral college is not supposed to be a one-size-one-win-all thing. It's supposed to be the people of the state choosing the presidential candidate that best matches the values of their state through the total vote. Not the, the mass, everybody votes for the same candidate, but the total tally of the votes of the Electoral College. That's how you get your representation there. And the president then is chosen by the electors of the states for those that best suit and best match the principles and the ideologies of that state. Now, we started down the wrong road a long time ago when we allowed the Electoral College to be appointed by political parties and therefore political parties control the vote. 
So if you're elect, if you're selected, your electoral college is selected by a Republican party, then you are supposed to have to follow the party's vote. The electoral college, see, this is is not supposed to. The electorates are not supposed to be rogue. They're not supposed to be individual. In the sense they can do whatever is right in their mind. But they are to be independent to do what their district is asking them to do. So that you get a great sampling survey of the, of the society of the state. You have to understand. Let's take Florida, for example. Northern Florida, the principles, the ideologies, the sociology of northern Florida is completely different from southern Florida. You could say the same in California. Well, the electoral college that that uh, the electors from the northern part of the state shouldn't have to choose the electors of the southern part of the state. It's supposed to be what is the majority of the ideology in that state through the individual electors votes. So when we allow the political parties then to assume puppet master control over the electoral college, we started heading down way, way, way down the wrong path. Now we're not down the path. We're going through the gate because national popular vote says that not only do your electors have to do what the state tells you to do, which is independent of what the people of the state tell them to do. But states who are less densely populated now have to follow the popular vote of the densely populated states. So what that means is California, Texas, New York, and the southern part of Florida will be those who choose the president in every election. Because if your state passes the national popular vote law that came under question in our Supreme Court case, then what you have is a situation where your state is saying, I don't care if you're Georgia, you have to do what New York says. You have to do what California says. And that's why my article is titled Disenfranchising the Voters. Because what actually happens is every other state besides California, New York, uh, Illinois, southern part of Florida and Texas, every other state will no longer have a political voice in society. So the national popular vote laws that are being passed in in our states are really political suicide for the people. Because you see now if this become if this happens everywhere, right? It's the minute your state passes the national popular vote rule law. You might as well not even vote. Because your vote will not matter. No candidate's going to spend any time talking to you. No candidate is going to spend any time campaigning in your state. Money is elections. And if your state is going to vote with New York, California, Illinois, Texas, and Southern Florida, why would anybody even campaign in your state? Colorado, you're completely out of the game. Alabama, you don't even exist politically. Georgia, gone. Idaho, you don't have a clue. Now, not only do you not have a choice on who your president will be that represents your state in foreign affairs, what is the job of the president? The job of the president is to create treaties. That means now the president of the United States can negotiate a treaty that takes from Idaho and benefits California. Redistribution of resources, redistribution of of wealth on the state level from one state to another.
because of the national popular vote, because your state has no say. This is the worst part of democracy. The absolute worst part of democracy right here, right in front of our faces. Not only that, the President of the United States also nominates Supreme Court justices, right? That means, let me ask you, do you like the Ninth Circuit? What do you think of the Ninth Circuit as far as federal courts go? The most radical, the most liberal, the most unconstitutional federal circuits in the entire union. Well, you get a president like Hillary Clinton. You get a president like Barack Obama. And the Supreme Court will look like the Ninth Circuit before too long. Because why would the president have to pick Supreme Court justices from all jurisdictions that represent all jurisdictions or represent the truest of ideologies. Why would he even have to, why would the president even have to choose a, a, a Supreme Court justice that cares anything about the Constitution? The Supreme Court uh, justices can be all politically driven, constitutional destroying, redistribution of wealth mob tyrants. I mean, we're already almost there anyway, but This is the nail in the coffin. So why is this the right decision for the Supreme Court of the United States? It's the right decision because it's a state-delegated authority. Now, Kagan wrote the opinion. Ginsburg, Sotomayor, and Roberts all went along with it. Now, they all went along with it, but I'm just pointing out these three, okay? These four. These four never have any any regard for states' rights unless it fits their agenda. Don't let them say, oh, we're doing this because it's the state's power. We're doing this because it's not our jurisdiction. You know, if it's not delegated to the federal government, it's reserved to the states. That should be like their heads exploding. There should be some kind of an alarm that goes off when Kagan, Sotomayor, Ginsburg, and Roberts start quoting the Tenth Amendment as reason for their opinions. If that were the case, 78% of the Supreme Court opinions would be exactly like this. Oh, I'm sorry. This is not in our jurisdiction, so, you know, it wasn't delegated to the federal government. Therefore, it's reserved to the states. We wouldn't have, exe- we wouldn't have hundreds of executive agencies if the Supreme Court actually believed what they said in this opinion. If it's not delegated to the federal government, it's reserved to the states. They're activist ideologically warped, distorted, wicked judges. They did the right thing for the wrong reasons. They did it because it fit their agenda. They did it because it suited their interests. And they wouldn't do it any for any other reason. It is the right decision. Because the states have the authority. And it is not the federal government's job to be mom and dad for the states. The national popular vote is political suicide for every state except New York, Illinois, California, Texas, and southern Florida. 45 states, if they adopt the national popular vote, commit political suicide. And basically what the Supreme Court is saying in this opinion is, if the states want to commit political suicide, we don't have the authority to stop them. Now, I would love to see this happen. I would love to see our Supreme Court stick with this all the way. But they won't. 
No, this just suits their their globalist agenda. See, this is this is how this is how the Marxists take over the entire system now by completely disenfranchising the last the last little thread that we have to a constitutional republic. Because you see, when Benjamin Franklin said, we gave you a republic if you could keep it, he said so because he knew it would take the vigilance and the diligence of the people to control government. He wasn't necessarily just talking about the the federal government about be, us watching the federal government you got a republic if you can keep it because you got to keep your eyes on the federal government make sure they don't steal power they don't do more than they're supposed to do now of course he said that that would have been in that meeting but he also would have told you that you have to make sure that your states and your local governments don't become little kingdoms that overrule and take over your way of life that trample on your liberties in the name of safety and security. Benjamin Franklin didn't say anybody who would trade uh, temporary safety from the federal government for permanent liberty it will soon have neither. No. He was talking about government in general. All government. And all people. All people. Who would trade the eternal gift of liberty for temporary safety will soon have neither. My good and if co- goodness, if COVID hasn't given us the most, th- the greatest example of what that means, I don't know what else to bring to you. What a frustrating thing. What a frustrating society that we live in. <laughs> As Hannah Winthrop said, how often do we see people precipitately maddening on to their own destruction? There is a great delusion falling across, fallen, that has fallen across America. I, I cannot understand. I cannot understand how people have become so deceived, so completely to their own destruction. But the Marxists have had 176 years. <laughs> my grade school teacher, Miss Dallas, would have yelled at me for that. Let me, let me correct my speech in her loving memory. The Marxists have had 176 years to perfect their end goal. 176 years the Marxists have been taking us through our education system down a path to destroy our constitutional republic. And here we are. Here we are. It is the state's authority to do this. It is not the Supreme Court's authority to tell them no. You know what's interesting? It just occurred to me, just sort of dropped in my spirit. The way that they use the 14th Amendment, you know, Kagan, Sotomayor, Ginsburg, Roberts, Alito sometimes even. How they use the 14th Amendment to bootstrap every single jurisdiction and increase their purview over every single situation. If they were genuinely, genuinely principled people, they would have done it here too. Right? Here's the name of my article. Disenfranchising the voters. The national popular vote disenfranchises entire states. Now, if these people Ginsburg, Sotomayor, Kagan, and Roberts were truly principled people. Truly principled that we're going to protect people's rights in every way, shape, or form. The 14th Amendment says that no state can deprive someone of their rights or their right to vote. Well, what good is a right to vote 
if your vote doesn't count. So if they were truly genuine in their principles, as they normally claim through the 14th Amendment, these four could have easily said that the states cannot enforce a national popular vote because it dis disenfranchises the voters contrary to the 14th Amendment. If they were truly principled people, they could have actually said that. You can be principled to bad principles. Let's just be clear. If they truly believe the 14th Amendment says what it says, that's what they would have done. But as I have been saying now for seven years, they know that the 14th Amendment does not allow them to do, does not give them permission to do what they do. I've been teaching that now on air for seven years. I believe this case proves that. Because if the 14th Amendment really, really empowered the federal government to assume every jurisdiction and every authority when a state uh, tramples on the rights of the people, then Ginsburg, Sotomayor, Kagan, and Roberts would have been all over this for a 14th Amendment issue and said, hey, you can't do national popular vote because it disenfranchises people. Because what good is a vote if the vote doesn't count? Do you know what this is? This is gerrymandering on the national level. Seriously gerrymandering on the federal level by the states. So the states that pick this national popular vote are gerrymandering themselves out of a voice and a vote. And the media, well, they're complicit in it all. They don't care. They're all for this. They think this is awesome, right? Because they're now all run, controlled, financed by leftist, globalist ideology. And everybody knows the urban, the most populated areas of the United States are leftist, urban, globalist ideologies. They're, they're happy because, you know what, the, the Supreme Court will become the Ninth Circuit. Every president will be voted by leftist, globalist ideology. And of course, you've got your fair share. I mean, since we're, we're stuck in a two-party duopoly, I mean, the Democrats are unified. They don't, they don't handle dissension. They don't tolerate dissension, but the Republicans, they split. So you got a good number of the Republicans who hate Donald Trump that would hang themselves in an electoral college decision before they would ever let Donald Trump have another election. And there you have it. I, I don't know how to, how to tell us. I don't know how to explain it any clearer than that. National popular vote eliminates the voice of every state except New York, Illinois, California, Texas, and Southern Florida. Northern Florida is barely represented as it is. That's why they call us purple. But that's how it's going to go. That's how it's going to go. And unfortunately, it's not the Supreme Court. Well, fortunately, unfortunately, who cares? Factually, it's not the Supreme Court's case. Factually, it's not the Supreme Court's fault. Factually, it is a state issue. And factually, it is the fault of the people. And if this, you know, the Supreme Court has to say, if the states want to commit political suicide, we have to let them. Well, it's not all over, though. Because if you can pass a law, you can repeal it. And you have more power on the state level than you do 
uh, and the local level than you do on the national level anyway. So praise God, the Supreme Court said it's not our, our dog in this fight. I mean, they could have very well said, this is the right thing to do, and they interpreted this correctly, and this is what they have to do, thereby nationalizing the, na- uh, the federalizing the national popular vote. I mean, I'm thankful they just said it's a state's issue, and it's, we got no dog in the fight, it's all on you guys. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm, gr- I'm grateful for that, because now it's back in our hands. Now we can take back the, the educational aspect of it. We can, we can get these laws repealed. We can actually get out and vote. We can encourage other people to vote from an educated standpoint. This has to be a system now. Yeah, betcha vendetta. Democrats versus Republicans versus the Patriot Party. I don't want parties. I want people. I want people to elect representatives based on their character based on their knowledge of the Constitution and based on their courage to stand up and do the right thing no matter what public opinion comes their way. That's how we need to start voting. Morality matters. And I'm not talking about, you know, the political issues of morality. I'm talking about people who vote based on principles and not on parties. We need to get back to the basics. And we can do that. We can do that. But we got to do more than just vote. We got to step up. I've been so excited lately. If, you know, and I've been saying this for a long time tyranny, oppression awakes the liberty of the soul, shakes us out of our slumber makes us open our eyes and realize what's slipping away. And we're seeing it. More and more are seeing it. No more party politics. No more personality politics. No more propaganda politics. No party, no personality, no propaganda. Did I say it was going to be easy? Come on, guys. I did not say it was going to be easy. And thank you, but I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not Pollyanna here, and I'm not thinking we live in a perfect world. What I'm saying is, in an imperfect world, we don't have to live under tyranny. Even in an imperfect world, we can unite under the banner of liberty for all and take this back and change it. I mean, that's who we are as Americans anyway, isn't it? The people who say no to kings? The people who say no to mob rule? I mean, isn't that who America is? We're the ones. Look at Great Britain still has a queen for Pete's sakes. How many countries still have monarchies? Maybe they're just, you know, maybe they're just symbols or they're totally perfunctory, but they still have them. Americans don't tolerate rulers. And I'm just, I know it's coming. Thank you, Donovan Jewett, for your super chat. Donovan, I totally get with you. He says, it saddens me to see so many giving up liberty for safety and security, not knowing they may soon have neither. I wish you could come to Washington and do what you did last week for California. Well, I'd be happy to come to Washington. I mean, we're traveling. We love to do it. And we want to help. Why? Certainly not because the money's in it. (laughs) If the money was in it, I've been doing it 11 years. I'd be living in a mansion and retired already. It's because it's in our heart. And it's because we believe there actually is a successful solution. But the successful solution has to start with us. And it's hard work. And in an imperfect world, we still don't have to live under tyranny. My goodness, I can't think of anything harder 
than actually throw overthrowing a government that actually has a king. And we already did that. We already did that. I can't think what would be harder than organizing a people who have known nothing but king mentality to create a document like our Constitution. I can't imagine anything harder, but we already did it. I can't imagine convincing three million people that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. And that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just power from the consent of the governed. I can't think of anything more difficult than, than convincing three million people who knew nothing but living in a kingdom that they needed to turn their back on the king and embrace liberty for all at the cost of life, fortune, and sacred honor. I can't think of anything more power, more, more difficult than doing that. And we already did it. This is American blood. This is American spirit. I can't is not in the American spirit. I won't is not in the American spirit. I will win is in the American spirit. And that's who we are. Seriously, that's who we are. That's why I do what I do. That's why, JC, we do what we do because we know this is how it's supposed to work. It's who we are. So don't let them, don't let them discourage you. I say next time they claim 14th Amendment or next time they claim federal power, throw this decision back in their face. That the power is not delegated to the United States or reserved to the state, so keep your stinking nose out of our business. We may be at a precipice where we can turn this around in the judicial system, which would be kind of interesting. Well, natural rights. Natural rights. And that's what we're based on. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me here today. Just to give you a little heads up, I will be on Quite Frankly tonight. Yay! So those of you who are Frank fans... And you go from here to Frank's podcast. I will be. I will see you there in 30 minutes. And we're going to have a great show with Frank. If you don't know about Frank, he is, and I'll put this in the chat room for you. He is, quite frankly, on YouTube. Right? Hey, by the way, I don't want to mention to you that I have a whole class on the Electoral College right there at libertyfirstuniversity.com. So go to libertyfirstuniversity.com, sign up, become a member, and take the class on the Electoral College so that you can be part of the educating constituency that helps restore us back to our proper perspectives. So join us at Liberty First University. Remember, don't forget to give us a thumbs up, whether you're in Facebook or YouTube. Uh, make sure you hit the little heart button on Twitter. And make sure that you hit the subscribe button all the way over here this time. Hit that subscribe button. Donovan, thank you for your super chat again. JC's Righteous Resistance was awesome. You can get that at Liberty First University, too. And we did a special class on it last week while JC and I were gone. So you can go back through the archives and see that. So make sure you go in, hit your thumbs up, help us override the YouTube algorithms. God bless you. We will see you next time.